And amen. Well, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I hope you were glad to be in the Lord's house this morning. You glad to be in the Lord's house this morning? Amen. Amen. We have a wonderful opportunity today uh, to worship the Lord together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We have the privilege to start our week off right in God's house with God's people, singing God's praises and studying God's word. And last Sunday, God graciously revealed to us his desire for us in this new year to pray and obey his words to us through the psalmist David in Psalm 37 and verse 4. If you remember it, if you've memorized this verse already, I hope you have this last week. Let's read this verse together out loud. Psalm 37 verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. This is the verse that God desires for us to commit to memory in this new year. God wants us to delight in him today, every day, all through the day. Take delight in the Lord means to be glad in the Lord, to find our fulfillment, our happiness, our joy, our significance, our strength, our sufficiency in the Lord. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us our heart's desires. God will give us our heart's desires because as we delight ourselves in the Lord first, our heart's desires will become his desires for us. As we delight ourselves in the Lord day by day, we will understand and know that what God desires for us is far greater than what we desire for ourselves. Taking delight in the Lord on a day-by-day -day basis, walking in obedience and applying this passage in our lives is not easy. Last Sunday, we identified some obstacles that we have to overcome day by day to delight ourselves in the Lord. And we also shared some ways we can delight ourselves in the Lord on a daily basis. One way that we identified is we delight ourselves in the Lord as we tell others about the Lord. It is vitally important for us, obviously, as we know, to tell those who don't have a relationship with God about how they can have a relationship with God by faith in Jesus. And we'll be talking about this a little bit more in just a few moments. But it's also important for us as followers of Jesus Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, it's also very important for us to share with one another about what the Lord is doing in our lives because as we share with one another about what the Lord is doing in our lives, it encourages all of us as we continue moving forward by faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So I've asked Sheila Wolf, the director of our children's ministry, to come up here with me this morning and to share a testimony about how the Lord has worked in her life recently. Y'all say hi to Sheila. Say hi, Sheila. All right. experience God at work. And so I thought, well, this might be a source of encouragement to him. And I told John, I said, that's so crazy. This is what God's been doing in my life. I need to tell him so to encourage him. And I didn't know that meant that I would get to share with you this morning. So, um, but anyway, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever, as you start the new year and you're making your resolutions and goals, thought about your spiritual goals too. And so I've been talking with the Lord about maybe a direction for 2020. And so I actually am going to read to you a, an entry in my journal two days before um, last week's sermon. I said, now, Lord, uh, for the word of the year, 
I've been thinking and processing, wondering if you might want to focus on an area in my life in 2020. So my struggles are, and I'm being real with you here, selfishness, um, fleshly self-control, expectations, and wife surrender. Um, the verse that I'm really passionate about right now is Psalm 37.4. Um, the words that, um, the things that I'm passionate about are do something, give, thanksgiving. The fruit of the spirit that's really touching my heart right now is self-control. The words that I'm considering, Lord, is wife up, self-control, surrender, as unto you, do something. I said, would you lead me, Father God? And then um, as I come into worship uh, two days later, Pastor Mark says, I have um, a verse for this year for our church family. I really want us to just live out and experience, which is Psalm 37, 4. And the one that I had, had memorized was, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so I began to ponder that word the next day of delight. And so um, that very next day I wrote every translation of Psalm 37, 4 that I could find just so that I could wrap my mind around it. Some places even say he'll give you the desires and petitions of your heart, which means the things that we pray and ask for. Um, next day I did a word search on delight itself. But also um, this verse was special to me because we had a, a family ranch my daddy did for, for 26 years, and um, it was where our family plays and hangs out together. And last December, he sold that. So we've been pretty lost as a family, just not knowing what do people do on their holidays. Um, and so John and I, after much prayer, bought a small farm in Arkansas. And so when we went on Christmas Day and we went to the little grocery store, I said, I have to buy a Sharpie. And he said, why? I said, I have to buy a Sharpie. And so as we got there with a the Sharpie, even knowing we're going to convert the barn to be shelter, um, I wrote on the, the barn walls on the interior, Psalm 37, 4. And I just wanted that to be our theme verse. And um, we also had a little journal that we always kept when we were at the ranch. And you would share and write down your experiences and who came. And I bought a farm diary for us to begin. And as I began the first entry, I had written in it that um, Psalm 37, 4 was the theme verse of our farm. And that we wanted to delight in the Lord as we enjoyed his creation and spent time together with one another. And so as I came to Mark... I just wanted to share with him that, hey, I'm just another kid out there in the audience, and, and God's been laying the same verse on my heart, too. And so um, my word for the year is delight, and I am going to um, delight myself in the Lord. I'm going to spend time in his presence. For me, that means worship and just enjoying who he is. And, um, you know, you'll notice that it's all cap on the word Lord, and that means that that is, that's Yahweh. That's the God of the Israelites. That's Abba. That's my daddy father. And so um, it's, it's going to be a fun year, just delighting in him and remaining in his presence and then seeing how he shapes the desires of my heart. So thanks. All right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Well, all I can say is go, God, go. Say that with me. Go, God, go. One more time. Go, God, go. Testimonies bless us as we follow Jesus. Amen? Testimonies encourage us to follow Jesus by faith. Testimonies also help us to delight ourselves in the Lord. And God wants us to take delight in him in this new year together as a church family.
God wants us to delight in the Lord together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Thankfully, God has given us an example of a church family to follow as we delight ourselves in the Lord together in this new year. That church family is found in God's word. It's the believers in the first church in Jerusalem. So open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2. As you make your way to Acts chapter 2, Luke is the author of the gospel of Luke as well as the book of Acts. Luke wrote about the birth, the life, the ministry, the death, burial, resurrection, and post-resurrection appearances of Jesus in his gospel. Luke wrote about the ascension of Jesus back into heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God, the coming of the Holy Spirit to indwell the believers, to empower believers to be witnesses for Jesus, and the start and spread of the New Testament church from Jerusalem and beyond in the book of Acts. We know, according to the gospel accounts, after Jesus rose again from the dead on the third day, he appeared to his disciples and followers for a period of 40 days, and he told his disciples and followers when he is ascended back into heaven that they were to go to Jerusalem to pray and wait for God to send the Holy Spirit to indwell them and to empower them to live out their faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus ascended into heaven just like he said. The believers and the disciples and followers of Jesus at that time obeyed Jesus. They went back to Jerusalem. They gathered together. They prayed and waited for God to send his Holy Spirit to them. And God did just what Jesus said he would do. God sent his Holy Spirit to indwell the disciples and followers of Jesus. They're gathered together in Jerusalem to empower them to live out their faith and trust in Christ Jesus as witnesses for Jesus. God then gave the disciples the supernatural gift to speak in tongues, that being other known languages so that all those who had gathered together in Jerusalem at that time to celebrate Pentecost from all the different areas uh, around who spoke different languages, they had all gathered together there in Jerusalem. This allowed the disciples to preach and teach the good news of the gospel of Jesus to all those who had gathered so that they could hear the good news of Jesus in their own language so that they could then receive and respond to the good news of Jesus by receiving uh, God's gift of salvation by their faith in Jesus. These new believers would then later leave Jerusalem after Pentecost and they would go back to their homes, their neighborhoods, their towns, and they would be able to share Jesus in their languages with those around them. We know that Peter and the disciples continued to preach and teach Jesus Christ crucified, risen, exalted, faith in Jesus, the only way into a relationship with God. And the church in Jerusalem was started and it grew rapidly as many people placed their faith and trust in Jesus. Luke summarized this amazing work of God in and among and around and through the believers in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2. Beginning in verse 42, Luke wrote these words, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held everything in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day, say that with me, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. What a testimony of God's power at work in God's people. 
And we see many, many truths in this summary passage. Among what we see in this testimony of the believers and the church in Jerusalem is God's purposes for a New Testament church. We see in this passage God's purposes for his church, for our church, for this church, and for all of his churches. The believers in Jerusalem delighted in the Lord as they fulfilled the purposes of the Lord together. God wants us to delight in the Lord as we fulfill the purposes of the Lord together as a church family, as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So we're going to talk about together this morning. Say together. Together. We're going to talk about together this morning. Because this is God's desire for us in this new year. We obviously have a relationship with the Lord that is ours personally with the Lord our own time with the Lord, our own prayer closets, our heart's cry and desire being expressed to the Lord on a day-by-day basis. But we also have this relationship with the Lord together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're going to look this morning at some ways that we can delight in the Lord together as a church family. Number one, we delight in the Lord together through fellowship. We see these believers devoted themselves to the fellowship. Fellowship in the original language is from the word koinonia. It means community. It means partnership. It means sharing. Notice their fellowship. The believers in Jerusalem, their fellowship was first with God and then with one another by faith in Jesus. First with God and then with one another by faith in Jesus. They did life together. They shared their lives with one another. It's clear. They met together in large groups in the temple. They met together in small groups in one another's homes. Our fellowship today is first with God and then with one another by faith in Jesus. God wants us to do life together. God wants us to share our lives with one another. God wants us to enjoy community together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. You see, we meet together in large groups on Sundays and Wednesdays like we are doing right now. We meet together in smaller groups in our life teams in one another's homes and here at church on Sunday mornings in particular. And we meet in even smaller groups throughout the week in our discipling relationships as we meet together one-on-one or one-on-two or one-on-three in our personal discipling relationships or as we do life together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We are able to give and receive accountability and comfort and encouragement and instruction and love and support through fellowship. That's why it's so important for us to have that community with one another. Fellowship blesses our lives. Fellowship deepens our faith in Jesus. Fellowship increases our witness for Jesus. One of the ways that those who don't have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus are attracted to Christ Jesus is as they observe followers of Jesus enjoying fellowship with one another. Key in that fellowship with one another is the love that we express to one another, which is the way all people are able to know we are disciples and followers of Jesus Christ by the way in which we love one another. And so we see the importance of fellowship. These believers understood the importance of fellowship. We understand the importance that we are able to delight in the Lord together through fellowship. 
every Sunday, it's hard to get our church family to stop shaking hands in the greeting time. I tell you what, this is a greeting church. And that's great. That's fantastic. We love that we have to take a few minutes to get everybody back together. What is that? That's devoting ourselves to fellowship. It's taking those opportunities to fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus before the services, during the services, after the services, all throughout the week. Secondly, we delight in the Lord together through service. Through service. We see service here, ministry happening here in this church. Jesus himself said he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life away as a ransom for many. And so what do we see in this summary passage? We see these brothers and sisters in the church in Jerusalem giving themselves away in service to one another. They gave to one another to meet one another's needs. They shared with one another to meet one another's needs. Luke went on to tell us in chapter 4 that there was not one needy person among them. Not one. Needy person among them. And so we see these believers placed one another's needs above their own needs. God wants us to place one another's needs above our own needs. God wants us to look not only to our interests, but also to the interests of others, beginning with one another. We delight in the Lord as we serve the Lord together. As we minister in the Lord's power together. You see, God wants us to serve one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. God wants us to give to one another when there are needs so that those needs can be met. God wants us to be faithful to share with one another when one another is need so that those needs can be met. God wants us to use the abilities, the passions, the skills, and the spiritual gifts that we have received from God to be used for God as a blessing and as a ministry to one another. God has given us the spiritual gifts that we have. Why? Because he wants us to use them to build up the body of Christ. He wants us to use them to bless one another. And in so doing, we are able to share and show the very grace of God, his glory and his splendor at work through our ministry, not just to those outside the church, but specifically to those inside the church. Because if we're not ministering to one another inside the church, it's not going to be very inviting to those who are outside the church. And so we ministered to one another. These believers ministered to one another. And the folks outside the church saw this, which is why so many of them were wanting to get in the church. But God also wants us to serve the community together through the ministries in our church. God wants us to delight in the Lord together as we serve the community through the ministries of our church. It is a delight to serve others. It's a delight to minister to others. It's a delight for us to have the joy and privilege and opportunity to serve others in our children's ministry, in our preschool ministry. Hey, it's a delight to serve in our student ministry. Teenagers aren't scary. They're fantastic folks. They are. They're wonderful. Man, those teen years are fantastic. The children's years are fantastic. The preschool years, okay, well, they get to be fantastic. Now, you know I'm just kidding. They're fantastic. It's a joy, it's a privilege for us to be able to delight in the Lord as we serve 
the Lord, as we serve one another, as we serve the community through the many different ways that we have to serve throughout the year, all the many different activities and many different ways and ministries and dollar days and vacation Bible schools and trunk or treat, all the many different activities and ways that we're able to minister and serve our community. That's what we see going on here. These believers delighted in the Lord together as they fellowshiped, as they served and ministered together. You see, God wants us to give ourselves away in service to one another. God wants us to give ourselves away in ministry with one another. The more we serve and bless others, the more we are blessed. And so I want to challenge you, and we'll do this even more as we make our way through this series in this first month or so of the new year. I want to challenge you to begin praying right now. If you're not currently serving in an area of ministry within our church, begin praying about where that can be and how you can get plugged in. You don't know what you're missing, the blessings. As Jesus himself said, it's, it's better to, to give than to receive. It's a blessing to be able to serve. We also see these believers took delight in the Lord. They delighted in the Lord together through worship. We see worship exploding in this church. These believers were filled with reverential awe and wonder of God, which produced in them a desire to worship God. They gave God their worship and their praise as they met together every day in the temple and in their homes. No matter where they were, they praised God. No matter where they were, they celebrated the grace of God on them, in them, and among them in Christ Jesus. And as you look at this summary passage, and as you understand the background of this church, they had many reasons to praise God. Many reasons to praise God. Number one, I would submit, their number one reason for praising God is that every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. They were seeing the amazing power of God on display day after day after day in amazing ways. Not only was God changing their lives, but he was changing others' lives. And they saw the amazing power of God on display. We have an endless number of reasons to praise God, amen? We have an endless number of reasons to worship God. Now, we understand worship is simply declaring God's worth. Please understand that worship is simply defined as declaring God's worth. We know and understand worship is not just an act or a song. Worship is our lives. We worship God in all we do and in all we say. Worship is our lifestyles. We do worship God through song. We declare that there is no one like our God. We declare that there is no one greater than our God. We declare that God is worthy of all our praise and honor and glory through song. And every one of us can worship the Lord through song. Every one of us. We can all worship the Lord through song. Whether we know how to sing or not, whether we can sing well or not, we can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It's beautiful in his ears, even if it's not in our neighbor's ears. And that's okay. We can worship the Lord through song. We worship the Lord through our work. We give God our best at work. Why? Because we know and understand we work for the Lord, not people. It does not matter where you work. It does not matter who you work for. It does not matter who you work around. You work for the Lord. And we worship the Lord in our workplace because that's our worship space. We worship the Lord by giving our best to the Lord because he's the one we serve. He's the one we work for, not others. We worship the Lord in our classes as students. We give God our best as students. Why? Because God is who we live for. 
That's what God has called us to. That's the age and stage of our lives. And so we give God our best in our classes. Why? Because we live for the Lord, not for our teachers or others. So we understand and realize God deserves and desires our all, our best, and our worship. And I love, as we see here in this passage, and I know this is important in my personal walk with the Lord. It's important in my life, and I'm sure it's probably important in your lives as well. Worship this purpose of the New Testament church, this purpose of, of, for you and for me, because understand, we are the church. When we're talking about the New Testament church, that's, that's us. We're the church. And so the five purposes that God wants us to be involved in, to have a balanced, healthy Christian life, includes fellowship, it includes service, it includes worship. And I love how worship is a great balance to service. It's a great balance to service. You see, service helps us to do for God. And there's some of us who are doers, and we want to do and 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 do for God. And God knows this. He created us. He's wired us. He understands this. There's great strength in that. But you see, worship comes along, and worship helps to balance us. Because while service helps us to do for God, worship, it just simply reminds us to be with God. Just to be with him. And you see, we become healthy. We become dynamic followers of Jesus Christ as we have that balance of simply being with God first so that then he does his work in and through us. Worship and service and fellowship. We also delight in the Lord together in evangelism. We see evangelism here throughout this passage. These believers shared the good news of Jesus. The disciples preached Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, exalted, and faith in Jesus is the only way to a relationship with God. The followers of Jesus in the first church in Jerusalem they shared and showed the good news of Jesus in the way in which they loved God and the way they loved one another. You see, they shared and God saved. And praise God, it works that way. Amen? Praise God, we don't have to save anybody. You see, the same is true for us today. We share and God saves. And so we understand that God has called us to evangelism, just as he did these believers. How do we know this? Because we know the Great Commission. We're to go and make disciples of all nations. And guess what? Making disciples of Jesus begins by helping people become disciples of Jesus by God's grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. And so we understand evangelism, telling others the good news about Jesus is vitally important for us. We delight in the Lord together as we tell others about the Lord. And we're able to delight in the Lord together in evangelism as we invest and invite on a day-by-day -day basis. God wants us to invest in our relationships. God wants us to invest in our friendships. That means God wants us to put time into our relationships. God wants us to put time into our friendships. God wants us to invest in others so that we can show Jesus to others. God wants us to invest in others so that we can share Jesus with others. And one way we invest in others in regards to telling them about the Lord is by simply inviting them to come to church with us. Statistics show and indicate, believe it or not, that many people who do not go to church, many people who claim and say that they are unchurched, that they do not go to church, have indicated in surveys that they would go to church if they were invited by a family member, friend, or coworker. Said so we would go if we were invited to come to church with a family member, friend, or coworker. And so there's a great challenge for us. We delight in the Lord together as we tell others about the Lord. That was clearly going on here in this church. Every day the Lord added to the number of those who are being saved. 
they were delighting in the Lord together in evangelism. And then we also see that we are able to delight ourselves in the Lord together in discipleship, through discipleship. These believers were disciples. They were learners. They were students of Jesus Christ. They were growing in their faith in Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching of God's word, to the fellowship, to prayer, and to the breaking of bread. These believers broke bread together. That means they ate meals together in one another's homes. These believers broke bread together. That means they received the Lord's Supper together as followers of Jesus Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. These believers devoted themselves to the spiritual disciplines that produce spiritual growth. And discipleship is simply the lifelong process of spiritual growth in our lives that is inspired and empowered by God. Discipleship is the lifelong process of spiritual growth in our lives that is inspired and empowered by God. That's why Paul said, I am sure of this, I'm confident of this. One thing that I know, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So we know God is at work in us. He has saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. God is at work in us. He is inspiring us to draw near to Jesus. God is at work in us. He is growing us in our faith in Jesus. God is at work in us. He's empowering us to live out our faith in Jesus. And God desires for us to devote ourselves to the preaching, the teaching, the reading, the studying, and the obeying of his word. To the fellowship, to prayers with one another, for one another. And to the breaking of bread. We delight ourselves in the Lord together as we grow in our faith in Jesus. We delight ourselves in the Lord together as we receive the Lord's Supper together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. The Lord's Supper reminds us of the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross of Calvary. The Lord's Supper reminds us of God's grace and love and mercy to us. The Lord's Supper encourages us to renew our faith and trust in Jesus. The Lord's Supper encourages us to watch for the return of Jesus. The Lord's Supper encourages us to tell others about Jesus. We Enjoy the blessing and privilege of receiving the Lord's Supper this morning because Jesus fulfilled God's plan for his life to rescue us from our sins by sacrificing his life for us on the cross of Calvary. You see, Jesus came to earth years and years ago to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. In order to have a relationship with God, you gotta be perfect. We failed to hit that mark because of our sin against God. And so Jesus stepped out of heaven. He came to earth to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus came to meet God's requirement, to meet God's standard for a perfect and holy sacrifice to be made so that we who are imperfect and unholy could be brought into a relationship with the perfect and holy God. You see, we cannot get to a relationship with God on our own because we're not perfect like God's perfect. We're separated from him because of our sin against him. But we have the opportunity to enter into a relationship with God because of the work that Jesus Christ did for us on the across the Calvary. Through his sacrifice, we can become right with God, children of God. We can be forgiven by God. 
You see, Jesus opened the way for us to receive forgiveness of sins and to enter a relationship with God. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was tempted as we are, yet he never sinned. He died a perfect death on the cross at Calvary. He was buried in the tomb. On the third day, Jesus rose again, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. We receive forgiveness of sin by the precious, the pure, the powerful blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. And we enter a relationship with God as we repent of our sins. That means as we change our minds about living our way, as we completely turn and we acknowledge that our way isn't working and we need God and we focus on him and then we receive God's gift of salvation by placing our faith in Jesus. We become children of God. By God's grace through our faith in the Son of God, our Savior Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper. But before we do, I want us to spend some time together. Scriptures talk about how important this is, and we're going to do this this morning because we're going to delight ourselves together in the Lord as we already have through fellowship as we have already and we will continue to through service. We're gonna delight ourselves in the Lord here in moments through worship. As we have been worshiping, we'll continue to worship. Delighting ourselves in the Lord through evangelism and proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And then through this act of discipleship as we receive the Lord's Supper together. So we're gonna take a few moments and I want us to spend time focusing our minds, our attentions, our hearts, affections on Jesus Christ. I want us to take time to remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross of Calvary, to take time to confess our sins to God, to seek and to ask for his forgiveness of our sins, to spend time renewing our commitment, our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ. Our prayer partners will be standing here at the front. They would love to pray with you, pray for you, pray over you. If you need requests, if prayer requests, if something's going on in your life, this is an opportunity for us to, to pray with one another, to devote ourselves to the prayers. The altar will be open as it always is for us to do business with the Father. But I also want to give you an opportunity, if you've not yet received God's gift of salvation, to do so this morning, to place your faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Our prayer partners will be standing here. I'll be standing here at the front. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. Today could be the very first day you receive the Lord's Supper as a child of God, as a follower of Jesus. As we focus in now in these moments on the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross of Calvary, let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our prayer partners are making their way.